Welcome to Volume 3 of Behind the Rain, an audio anthology of Oklahoma poetry presented by the Okie Bookcast. I'm Jay Hall, and I can't wait for you to hear this incredible lineup of Oklahoma poets that I have for you in this edition. We've got a fun mix of poets from previous volumes and some who are brand new to the anthology. If this is your first time listening to Behind the Rain, here's what you can expect. You'll get to hear each poet perform a work specifically selected for inclusion. I'll introduce each poet prior to their performance, and I'll include links in the show notes to websites and social media where you can connect with each of them. Remember, you can hear the first two volumes of Behind the Rain on our website at okiebookcast.com slash behind the rain. If you are an Oklahoma poet and would like to submit work for consideration in the next volume of Behind the Rain, go to okiebookcast.com slash behind the rain for details. Submissions for volume four close in March. Now, please enjoy volume three of Behind the Rain. Our first poet is Ken Hayda. Ken is the author of 10 collections of poetry, including Contour Feathers from Turning Plow Press, which was awarded the 2022 Oklahoma Book Award. His book Spare Parts was awarded the Wrangler Award from the National Western Heritage Museum, and Bring an Extra Mule received the 2017 SCMLA Prize for Poetry. Four of his poems have been featured on the Writer's Almanac. Ken is a professor at East Central University in Ada, Oklahoma, where he directs the annual Scissortail Creative Writing Festival. You can hear more of Ken reading poetry from a variety of poets on his podcast, The Sunday Poems with Ken Hayda. Darkness comes to me. Darkness comes to me, sneaks up on me when I am busy with chores of daily life. I look up and feel silence, the heaviness falling, this mysterious friend who drops in unannounced, hiding clouds filling with moisture, hiding stars the moon. I am learning to feel darkness. It just is, and I am obligated to know it for what it is. A temporary loss of light, a moment with my soul, settling like late autumn, like thunder gathering across a prairie. Who can know the energy that makes darkness? Who can harness the unseen? In this slow time, in this quiet, with only a radio for a companion indoors, crickets and tree frogs outdoors, darkness rules, I submit. Who can make the dark light? Who is foolish enough to even try? David Jennings is a rehab physician in Muskogee. He enjoys photography, tennis, and writing, and lives in Broken Arrow with his wife and daughter. His first book, The Smallest Hint, Photographs and Poems, was published in September 2022. Old Car So many times, no map, no plan, the open road would call, and I would set off with my man, air thick with aerosol that held that other girl's hair still against the reckless wind, to shred the back roads dressed to kill and rowdy to offend. For years we ran the countryside, then something strange took place. That other girl grew out and wide, and he shut down my pace, to nothing but a cautious crawl, so slow each time we went. I feared that I would gasp and stall and die of discontent. Then one last time, not yet, not yet, my pedal pressed the floor, 
That other girl stretched out in sweat, her feet pressed to my door. We screeched through lights and spit out dust and jumped a curb to stop. With grunts and groans, she gasped and cussed, Lord, it's about to drop. So many times, no tires, no gas. I've fantasized that feel of grinding gravel to harass, his hands gripped to my wheel. Years, years have gone, that baby grown, that other girl has died. He comes out seldom, skin and bone, and looks, then goes inside. Ruth Key describes herself as color queen, imagineer extraordinaire, poet esquire, engineer by association, Christian by grace, musician by blood, the intelligent, the munificent, the insignificant, at your humble service. You can find Ruth's work in her latest book called Bright. Estelle. While sitting in a cafe staring, out the window, chai tea cooling, I saw a frail woman walking, slowly, grasping sign, then chair, then door. And I found myself arising with a courage new in feeling, and asked, unsure and half-whispering, if I could offer her my arm. You're so sweet, thank you, she said, smiling. I have a mess, she said, smiling. I'm having a bad day, she said, smiling, but wanted coffee anyway. At the counter, grips relaxing, she asked such good questions ordering, and after at the muffins glancing, she ordered a little more. We walked back to her car, just chatting. I asked if I could pray for her, and crying, she said that she had just been praying for her horse and foster dogs on her farm. I prayed for them and her while smiling, said no need to thank me, smiling. I'm glad I met you, Estelle, still smiling. Then I watched her drive away. Rain and the Forecast Rain in the southwest often arrives in the nick of time, just before the crops start failing and the rivers fully dry. Showing up with hurried clouds, the sky stops its procrastinating, and as if for extra credit, lets loose pouring more than raining. And as with all things rushed, its job leaves no one quite impressed. But it always makes me smile because I know it did its best. Caleb Jordan is an autistic poet from Oklahoma City. A circle seen from all sides. After the wall of green, sky. After the wall of blue, stars. After the wall of black, nothing. Below all is muttering. There ain't nothing out here, he says, that is true and false. A cow stands in a burned-out house, and beyond the cow, ears are waving. Let us wade into an ocean with rose. The constant feeling of being followed follows us. Invisible Oklahoma comes in the form of footsteps inside of footsteps, all leading into the corn. We go. I want to take his hand, but I do not. Whispers gently kiss our necks. We come to a spot in the corn where all the stalks have put their ears to the ground to listen to the muttering. He sighs. He is a crow eyeing a scarecrow. He says nothing. The circles come in three, soul-body myth. I heard nothing in the night other than a panther scream. We both look up at green clouds. A fog descends. He grabs my hand. Light penetrates us. We are lifted above one ocean into another. Our hands are forced apart, but I reach and brush his fingertips with mine. There ain't nothing out here, he mouths. We are a hundred feet in the air, and our bodies are dancing for each other. Stars twinkle just beyond sight. We feel each burning wave. Darkness. 
We awoke together like two koi, endlessly swimming in a circle. Our bodies lie. Our bodies lay in the middle of the circle. Our bodies are the iris taking in light from stars. We are awake. We cannot move. Out beyond the corn, beyond the eye, beyond the visible, are footprints inside of footprints. Seth Copeland is originally from India, Homa, Oklahoma, and currently lives in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. His work has appeared in Yes Poetry, Dream Pop, Heavy Feather Review, Kestrel, and Drunk Monkeys, among others. He is the founding editor of Petrichor and a poetry editor for Cream City Review. This is from a longer work, a Wichita Mountains ontology. Five cars crouch under the shade at Boulder, hot bodies fat in June, sweat souls hiking root-rung steps to the narrows, panting dogwoods, toasted grooves of granite. A discus of moss shakes loose, a porcupine unnerved by the scrape and pat of shoes. Air in the blue-gray shadow drops to a cool musk, balms the beaded mourners with meadow garlic breath. Sun fades the sky, two canyon rims crossing wingspans. A pallbearer reaches into a brown bag, wrinkly as leather, lifts out a white sleeve. On slick rock flanking the creek, a thousand years of tarry bracken, chalky grit flumes out in the still air. Childhood dreams, teenage faux pas, weathered young stumbles reduce to fine gray stars binding with oxygen and blood. From the back, cross-legged grief cups its hands, breathes out harmonica taps. Prairie larkspur sighs, a corn snake silvering the sand. Spiral and a dry, the fish ladder over French Lake sits by the dam. The salmon meant to spawn here never made it to the lake. Now, only spiders and weeds swim upstream and down. A failure by most metrics, but look back ninety years ago at the labor worked here. The concrete poured and wound for food on the table. Out of depression, something lifted up. And now, see the ghosts proud at the turret top. The gray caked arms folded, the weary eyes gazing out over the water. In the ruddy clatter of the narrows, Rattlesnake Island... Cusses echo off crumpled cliffs, a knotted clot of sand scurf, Cambrian bones, shell teeth scattered by the left hook of unsigned eons. The old honey locust, galled and cankered at a bend in Panther Creek, thorn clusters aging red. This next fragment is a sonnet. How do you write a place? Cartography sketches it out, but there's no heart in bird's eye, only prey. A canyon wren off a tree falls with its song from the narrow pink sky, nicks a foot on bottle glass from bud light. A mountain boomer sprawls like a gash on the forehead of a rock in the day-bright passion that makes you run and scream at dawn when the mists speed your thighs as in response to communion. When you write a place, first feel the weight in the muddy printed paws, take in the ozone and its dry rock thirst. Here is where it has happened forever. The first sign to know, and the first letter. A road winds up Mount Scott. We went up the long way once. 
I was afraid to pass a thorn bush. My father told me, life has its storms, son. Reaching the mountaintop, looking down at the unpolished blue of Lake Latonka, I was bloody and small. Brand Rackley is a native Oklahoman, Cherokee Nation citizen, writer, poet, and actor. Preservation. When I was young, I worked at a wildlife refuge. It preserved cranes, snakes, a salt lake you could walk across, marijuana, taller than Goliath, taller than the beanstalk, greener too. Their hemp used for rope during the war, rope just like the knotted one in my hand. I bring it with me to my backyard garage on the dark, cloudy days, remembering this every time, forgetting why I'm there in the first place. Grateful not to forget the refuge. That time is still preserved, and I with it. The nice, quiet boy. And he wouldn't want to leave a mess. Nicholas Allen is a writer of fiction, a teacher, and a tutor. To-do list. Get better at talking to Cat. Get better at loving yourselves. Start with the one easiest to love. Do not stop there. Learn how to make really good bread. Find the perfect type of bean to make a hacky sack with. Get rid of your car. Wage war on car culture. Wage war on consumer culture. Learn how to grow rice and tobacco together. Sign up for healthcare. Look up that case study of the tribe of monkeys that successfully dismantled the patriarchy so you can tell it like a campfire story. Meet someone you love in a way that makes you want to confess to them. Do that. Say goodbye to them eventually. Get better at loving slow and silent things instead. Things that might not love you back except on time frames you must first turn gray to truly recognize and appreciate. Come to peace with your fundamental inability to be a perfect peacemaker for those of your loved ones in conflict with each other. Try anyway as though it were possible. Ask your neighbors if you can have their rotting pumpkins. Wage war on Christmas. Do not surrender to the Yuletide offensive. Do not joke about this to uncles. Ask Alan about what would happen if you peed in your garden every day for the rest of the winter. Learn how to make ramen like your brother does. Fail. Remember how the spring and summer skies feel on those perfect days. Fail. Do not mention potentially peeing in your garden beds in a poem. Fail. Think about how often things end and begin at the perfect times. Surrender yourself utterly to the inconquerable totality of love and freedom. Develop a dialectical analysis of peace movements and liberation struggles that overcomes the toothlessness of the former and the ugliness of the latter. Fail. Learn how to speak in a French accent. Write a story about that Chinese parable about the old man and his horse, but make it about something else so nobody will know that you're plagiarizing it. Grab a beer with the old teacher of yours who paints houses. Grab a coffee with the one with doctor in front of his name. Sing more. Learn how to forage mushrooms. Think about going back to school. Never do it. Understand Leonard Cohen's poetry. Stop needing to understand poetry. 
Pretend you understand poetry until maybe one day it's true. Contemplate the utility of lying to yourself. Stop smoking cigarettes. Fail. At least a few more times. Get better at punchy endings to your poems. A self-publishing mentor, best-selling author, and public speaker, Shayla Raquel works one-on-one with writers every day. A lifelong lover of books, she's been in the publishing industry for 12 years and teaches on author branding, indie publishing, book marketing, and the craft of writing. Her award-winning blog teaches new and established authors how to write, publish, and market their books. She's the author of The Pre-Publishing Checklist, The Rotting in Shivers in the Night, The Suicide Tree, The Ten Commandments of Author Branding, All the Things I Should Have Told You, and Savage Indulgence. In her not-so-free time, she studies all things true crime and obsesses over squirrels. No, thank you. I dreamed I was to be seated for dinner with men and women from God's Word. Jesus Christ, the Savior of each sinner, will arrive at the table, I overheard. But I could not sit next to the Samaritan girl. She had been married five times. With a quick, dignified whirl, I distanced myself from her crimes. No, thank you, I said. An offer to sit with a man came my way. Wretched sores covered every limb. A leper, I exclaimed. I couldn't stay. For me, the sight was just too grim. No, thank you, I said. Another man waved, wearing fancy clothes. A short man, he collected tax, so I turned up my nose. Who could forgive that greedy act? No, thank you, I said. A third man, so handsome and strong, gave me a gentle smile, but my eyes widened then. An adulterer, a murderer, how wrong. I would not sit at the table with him. No, thank you, I said. Perhaps this woman would suit. The first ever female, it was Eve. I knew then she had eaten that serpent's fruit. How could she have been so naive? No, thank you, I said. This continued on down the line. Drunks, liars, murderers, cheats, they were all there to dine. By the end of the table, I had no seat. I stood alone as my dream came to an end. The door opened and a light shone so bright. A man with holes in his wrist entered in. My savior was an unforgivable sight. The man who died on that mount did not sit at his own lavish meal. He greeted all his guests, no matter the count. My embarrassment I could not conceal. He talked to the first evangelist. He thanked the mighty king of Israel. He ate with little Zacchaeus, and he hugged the man whose sores were visible. My Savior did not pick and choose. He loved each person the same. And not once did he accuse, not once did he bring shame. I awoke with a start. What had I become? From this fair sake body I will depart. I had never felt so numb. Where was my compassion? What about God's never-ending mercy? My tear-streaked face was now ashen. Of his love, I am forever unworthy. Suddenly, Jesus Christ was in my room. He said, I love you no matter what you've done. The man who rose from that dark tomb willingly forgave me and everyone. Then my Savior approached my side. He earnestly asked, may I sit here too? And so I sincerely cried, yes, thank you. Darrell Carter is a writer and teacher who lives in Oklahoma and who recently graduated from the University of Central Oklahoma with a graduate degree in English. His work has been published in outlets like The Lickety Split, From Whispers to Roars, Drunk Monkeys, and Petrichor Journal. The ghosts still live here. 
I occupy every room in the old house to let the ghosts know that they are still alive. I want them to know the coals that kept their spirit warm enough to lie while wearing borrowed flesh and the valued bones are still felt through the wallpaper. When I am lonely enough to accept uncertainty for truth, I let them touch the tips of my fingers and wonder if they can taste who I was before I knew myself. Did they only marinate their hollow film and all the memories that smell like lavender and Sunday morning optimism? I listen as they arch their backs and protrude their spines of jubilation to the memories that share the same echo as the sounds of their final confirmations. It's the jealousy that clings to the dirt they leave behind in my closet that makes them feel at home in my presence. In my youth, I used to believe it was because I was special. Thomas Juarez is a consultant for a major software company. He is also a retired soldier, an author, and a poet. Tom enjoys writing metaphysical fiction, short fictional stories, and poetry. While observing the natural world around him, Tom continues to remind himself that each and every moment is, in and of itself, a new beginning. His brand new book of poetry, Every Moment Is Now, has just been released. Cicadas and Sycamores I woke sunny side up and ready to roll into a fine fall morning. Mother was already two steps ahead of me, popping egg yolks and allowing the perfection of emulsification to spread itself across my morning toast. Devouring my sandwich and washing it down with warm tap water, I grabbed a wedge of sliced honeydew, dashed through the door, and cleared the four steps beneath the patio, sticking the landing, of course. I spotted your ponytails as they pranced across the open field, and knew exactly where you were headed. To the mud hole we called a pond, and toward another day, living in the fairy tale world that you and I built together. Brick by imaginary brick were stacked without the opinions of others. I knew that playing patty cakes and baking mud pies wasn't exactly a favorite pastime of most boys of my age, but you were my girl, and I was happy being whatever you wanted me to be. That day, we found the skeletal remains of a cicada clinging to the bark of an old sycamore tree that we'd carved our initials into. I remember marveling at how a bumbling mass of bug emerged from one shell before waiting on another to dry and harden. Then I remember a tickling peck on the cheek and the stern voice of your father that followed our moment of childhood bliss. He nearly pulled your arm clean off when he stole you away from me. I snuck in a smile that evening by the ice cream truck, but the old goat just wouldn't let it be. He scolded you again, and I watched warm torrents of tears roll off your cheeks, melting the volcanic surface of your ice cream cone. Lava flows of melted ice cream were oozing over your fingertips, and there was nothing I could do. That was many years ago, and now, as our young daughter sleeps peacefully between us, I know exactly how your old man felt that day. There simply must be a way that I can protect her from the whole wide world. Linda Neal Rising, a native of Oklahoma and a member of the Cherokee Nation, has been published in numerous journals and anthologies. Her book, Rewriting Family History, was a finalist for the 2015 Oklahoma Book Award. She's also published two full-length collections, The Keeping and Stone Roses, which was a finalist for the Oklahoma Book Award and winner of the 2021 Eric Hoffer Award and the Western Heritage Book Award. Remembering Oklahoma 
I recalled the hoofbeat syllables of Salisaw, Seminole, Sepulpa, the drumming of Tahlequah, Tonkawa, Tecumseh. Gaze out on the rolling Neosho River, heavy with downed trees and spoonbill. Hear the echoes of names being called through time. Wilma Jean, Jimmy Ray, Sammy Dale, savor fried okra, fry bread, boiled cabbage with bacon drippings. I am brought back to red dirt roads smelling of August rain. Route 66 with crumbling motels staring with blank windows. Scattered chap piles, corpses of lead and zinc mines. I feel the wind that carries the remnants of Woody Guthrie and Jean Autry tunes. The same wind that churns and whirls above storm cellars filled with canned peaches and prayers. I go back to lilacs, pastures of Indian paintbrush, pawpaws and persimmons, scissor-tailed swallows swooping through skeletal barns. I am transported to a family farm where biblical cedars keep sentry, where a sulfur spring bubbles up through sandstone, where the apricot tree grows tiny moons, where the killdeer, dragging its wing, leads me away. Thanks for listening to Volume 3 of Behind the Rain. A special thanks to all of the poets who contributed work to this edition. I hope you'll take a minute to connect with these poets about the work you enjoyed. You can find their websites and social media handles in the show notes and at okiebookcast.com slash behind the rain. While you're on the website, I hope you'll take a minute to check out interviews from the bookcast and sign up for the bookcast newsletter to get regular reviews and recommendations straight to your inbox. Remember, if you would like to submit work for consideration for volume four, Go to okiebookcast.com slash behind the rain for details. Again, thanks for listening. Until next time, go find something good to read.